Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. Jumpstart is the place to begin when you're ready to commit to yourself and jump into your healing journey. Learn step-by-step how diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes can get you on the right path. You'll be thrilled to feel your energy return, brain fog lift, acne begin to clear, and so much more. Visit PCOSDiva.com slash jumpstart for more information and to get started today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. On today's PCOS Diva podcast, I'm going to be talking to Dr. Heather C. She is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine who's been in practice for 12 years. And she is also a fellow of the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine. She practices at Eastern Bench Holistic Healthcare in Salt Lake City. So, so welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast, Dr. C. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we've talked a lot about Western um, medical philosophy on the PCOS Diva podcast, and we've talked about acupuncture, but I haven't really done a deep dive into Chinese medicine, and um, that's why I was really excited when you reached out to me, and I thought you'd be um, you know, a great addition to the conversation here. So um, I would love for you to just kind of start off with how did you um, get into studying Chinese medicine and acupuncture? Um, okay, I, I actually was on the track of, of Western medicine. Um, my, my mother's a social worker and my sister is a, a nurse practitioner now, but she was a registered nurse um, earlier. And I went to the University of Utah and I really wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do. I kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, but I ended up looking into physical therapy and, um, to get my feet wet, I ended up working as a physical therapist aide at a couple of hospitals in the area. And I found that I really enjoyed working with the patients and um, getting to know them and putting them through their exercises. But um, I became disenchanted with the Western medical model, that it was just kind of superficial and not really um, looking deep into why these people were having the issues that they were. Um, so a good friend of mine, a, a college friend, introduced me to um, massage therapy school, and I I followed my heart and I I enrolled in night school at Utah College of Massage Therapy, and that kind of 
changed my life. It transformed my health, um, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. And I learned about acupuncture and Chinese medicine through massage therapy school and just knew that that's what I had been searching for. Uh, fast forward, you know, four, four years or so, um, I enrolled at Five Branches University where I got my master's. And then just recently I got my doctorate um, from Pacific College of Human Health and Sciences in 2019. Mm. So that's, that's the story. So you're working with a lot of women with fertility issues. Um, I know uh-huh. that there's been a lot of studies, positive studies, that acupuncture um, helps women with PCOS um, ovulate. And I know for me, I uh, have a lot of adrenal um, issues that I have to kind of keep on top of. Uh, stress really impacts my PCOS. And I have found that acupuncture has been a great tool in my tool kit to help me uh, when I really get caught up in that fight or flight mode. Um, mm-hmm. So tell us um, more about um, how, uh, what is Chinese medicine? Let's, let's just start there. Um, Chinese medicine is a whole, whole body system of healthcare. It's one of the oldest. Um, it's probably about 5,000 years old. Um, and it views the body as a whole. So it, it doesn't segment, um, the body into systems or organs or symptoms, even it, it looks at everything and how it all relates. Um, and and the, the premise of it is that we have qi, which translates loosely into energy. It's really life force um, that, that travels throughout our body um, and interacts with everything and it travels along pathways called meridians which will go into organs and tissues and just it permeates everything Um, and when we have um, an imbalance in a meridian then we can start to see um, problems arise and so acupuncture is a technique underneath Chinese medicine that helps to balance out the qi flow. Mm-hmm. So typically when we go to the doctor, um, a allopathic Western um, medicine doctor, they treat the symptoms. So we have um, mm-hmm. you know, issues with acne um, and you, know, you might get um, a topical prescription or um, you know, possibly Accutane. Um, if you're having problems with blood sugar and insulin resistance, you might get metformin um, mm-hmm. and, you know, so on, kind of treating all of the symptoms. Uh, but that's different uh, in Chinese medicine. You're really looking at the root cause factor. Could Maybe uh, mm-hmm. you could walk us through um, how you would typically assess a patient that has PCOS and, um, you know, what that, uh, what that appointment would look like. Okay. So first we're going to, um, 
the first appointment is a, a whole health history. So we're going to go into everything. We ask a lot of questions and that's, that's something that um, a lot of patients are surprised by. Um, the, the appointment's an hour and a half usually. Um, and we're doing a deep dive into to everything that they've experienced up to that point. Um, and we'll wanna know, for a woman with PCOS, we'll wanna know really what their, their goals are. Are they looking to get pregnant? Are they looking to just balance out their ovulation or their menstrual cycle? Um, so we first establish that, um, and then we'll know, you know, kind of where we wanna focus. Um, and we, um, so, so after we ask all the questions, we take their pulse, which gives us an idea of how their energy flow is happening through their meridians. And we look at their tongue and that tells us um, what's happening with the organs and some of the disease mechanisms that, that we look at. Um, and mostly they're, um, related to weather patterns they they have a name of weather patterns like heat or cold or or dampness things like that um, and the tongue will show us whether it, whether those things are happening um, and then we will decide what type of acupuncture points we're going to use to balance out the pattern that is presenting from what they tell us and from their pulse and tongue. So are you doing any blood work or anything, um, other lab testing? Um, I will look at their labs if they have had them. A lot of times they won't have had enough, enough labs really to, to determine what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, but if they do have them, I will look at them. Um, a lot of times I'll have uh, infertility patients or PCOS patients do a Dutch test. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's pretty helpful to see how their um, metabolites are and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And for listeners who aren't familiar with the Dutch test, I've done a couple um, podcast episodes about that. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll put those in the show notes um, so people can refer, refer back. So is there um, like a meridian um, imbalance, I'm probably using the ter terminology wrong, that is common in PCOS? Is there sort of a, a common theme and underlying factor in all women with PCOS in terms of, um, I guess, diagnosis in, in Chinese medicine? Yep, there are several may, uh, patterns involved in PCOS. And it just really depends on their presentation. So we will always look at how the patient is presenting and then use science to back up, um, to back up what we're doing. So the main patterns in, um, in PCOS are, are Chinese medicine names and they will have an organ involved, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the physical organ that's um, in disharmony. It's usually the energetic aspects of that organ. And the main patterns are Chong and Ren disharmony, 
liver cheese stagnation, and spleen and kidney deficiency. So do those correspond with different, uh, say, phenotypes of PCOS? If there's somebody that um, has more of the classic insulin-resistant type of PCOS versus um, you know, somebody that has more of like the adrenal androgen type of PCOS? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, those, will, those three will usually show up in each PCOS patient to varying degrees. And then there may be other root patterns that are, are having, a, having a play in it as well. Mm-hmm. So like for the classic, um, for the classic, a lot of times it's, it's stress involved. So then liver cheese stagnation comes into play a lot. Um, because the liver is responsible for the smooth flow of, of chi and blood. Um, so with that, with that classic, it, it really shows up as, as a, a liver chi um, stagnant issue. Um, with the ovulatory, um, because they have... Um, normal ovulation usually, but they have the, the elevated androgens and the, the PCO. Um, there will be a liver cheese stagnation component as well, um, but some spleen and kidney deficiency. Okay, so the, the healing modalities then would be um, acupuncture, puncture and are you using um like herbal tinctures as well Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of mostly we work off of the phases of the menstrual cycle now if someone isn't menstruating or they're it's really imbalanced and and not happening um we will work to get it to start back up again and then we will work through the phases and we will apply herbal medicine to each different phase. Okay. So, uh, so I've, an herbal combination that is quite popular for women with PCOS um, that I think is rooted in Chinese medicine is licorice and peony. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where, like in, in what type of phase would, would that be applicable? Um, that's really for the follicular phase. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone's, if someone's bleeding, we will give an, a formula to clear out all of the menstrual products and make sure that the, the body can lay down a fresh lining and there isn't anything left in there. So that will have more blood moving herbs. And then in the follicular phase, we will often use something like licorice and peony um, to help the follicle develop. And then in ovulation, um, we will use something to help the body to release the egg nicely and deal with some liver chi that may be stuck. 
And then in the luteal phase, we'll look at um, kidney yang boosting formulas because kidney yang has a lot to do with progesterone production. And that's what happens in the luteal phase. Oh, that's really interesting. So, you know, most women with PCOS have, have low progesterone and mm-hmm. probably issues with that. Um, you're, you called it what, what type of yang? Kidney yang. Kidney so it's yang. just an underlying okay. kidney deficiency. Hmm. So how, what, and you had mentioned kidney and spleen. Um, mm-hmm. What else can we do to sort of support our kidney meridian? Um, we can do practices like qigong or tai chi that will help the um, energy production and energy flow. Um, we can also do, um, we want to keep the uterus warm. So we can do foot soaks and that will help the, the kidney and the kidney yang. Is there anything special we should put in the water for the soak? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, a lot of um, acupuncturists now have access to um, special uh, foot soap formulations. Um, so some people, some people will be able to use that, but really just warm water is fine. Mm-hmm. And then what about, you know, I love warm water and lemon in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, um, is it, and I think in Chinese medicine, that's cold water is kind of, isn't that considered sort of a no-no, like ice water, that waters should be drank at like room temperature or warm? Yeah, um, we kind of, we kind of don't like anything really cold. Um, so cold water just um, is hard to digest. It just really dampens the metabolism so warm lemon water will help stimulate the liver um and just room temperature water throughout the day just Mm -hmm. to keep everything from not getting stagnant Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'm just curious uh you're the patients that you're working with uh are are there other doctors um receptive to your work, um, you know, fertility work with them. I, I know that there's, uh, seems to be more fertility practices that are integrating, um, acupuncture Mm -hmm. and Chinese medicine, but just curious what the overall perception is. Um, I, I think that the Western, um, medical model is warming up to the idea. Um, in certain areas there are still, you know, some, stigmas or or not believing that it that it works um so you know in those areas it might be a little bit more difficult Mm. but out here um it seems like it's it's a middle of the road kind of thing but there are some um western doctors that are are receptive to it and others aren't so if a listener is interested in kind of giving Chinese medicine and acupuncture a try, um, you know, especially if they're trying to conceive and they haven't, you know, they're kind of having issues. Um, do you have any advice on how to kind of approach that topic with their 
like primary care for their, uh, you know, OBGYN that they want to sort of add um, this, you know, another practitioner to sort of their team and how to, I guess, bridge that conversation? Um, I always encourage, you know, the patient to realize that they are in control of their health and, and their decisions about what they want to do. Um, and I would also approach their medical provider in saying that they want to try this and that they've heard that there are good results um, and then have their, their acupuncturist or Chinese medical pr practitioner contact their, their Western medical provider and start a relationship with them. Mm -hmm just so, so it can be integrated and, and that they know that we are working together with them and not trying to take over. So if somebody was on like a cycle of Clomid or Letrozole, can you do the Chinese herbs like in tandem with that? Um, you can. Some medical providers are not open to that. Um, a lot of times when I have a IVF patient and they're um, stimming, I won't put them on any herbs because I just don't want it to interact with what the Western uh, medical is trying to do. Mm -hmm. After they stim, it's fine to be on herbs, um, but just like any medicine, herbs, you know, interact with the body and they can change hormone levels and things like that. So I just mm -hmm. don't want to inter interrupt any of that. Um, so one of the toughest um, symptoms to treat with of PCOS, I think, is hair loss um, and, mm -hmm. and the hirsutism. Mm -hmm. Is there, uh, you know, treatment options? Do you have any, um, you know, is there anything that you can do from a Chinese medicine perspective for hair issues? Uh-huh. Yeah, we can, um, we can use some herbs and there are some some acupuncture points that will help um you know hair growth or hair loss mm -hmm. and and the same with weight loss i think for some women weight loss is just really tough um and just wondering like what you can offer for a woman with pcos that's really you know eating all of the right things um exercising but just having problems losing weight um, yeah, it just might be um, it might be a spleen type of imbalance where they just need to have some treatment to boost up their metabolism and their digestive capacity. Mm -hmm. So that treatment would include acupuncture, and what what would that include? Yeah, it would usually it would yeah. include acupuncture and it would include a customized herbal formula for that okay. so, um, individual. Okay. And and how so how often do you have to go to acupuncture to really see a difference? Um in the beginning you're you're wanting to come in uh, once to twice a week um to really get things uh back into or towards balance um acupuncture is 
a type of treatment that's cumulative. So each treatment builds on the one before it. And it's also dose dependent. So you really have to get enough of it to start to see a change. And is it something that you're going to have to stick with over the course of, you know, your lifetime to keep, or, or can you get to a point where, um, you know, things are balanced and you can move, move beyond. Um, yeah, usually you'll go through like a treatment plan. Um, so the, the acupuncturist will determine based off of the presentation, how often they, that patient should come in. Um, and then they, they go through the treatment plan and then working with their practitioner, they determine, you know, if they should continue once a month or if they're good and, and they don't need to come back again. Mm. So I was wondering if you could share some success stories, you know, to give, give listeners hope um, with some of your, your patients with PCOS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I do have a case study I can share. Um, it was a 32-year-old female. She was trying to conceive, and she had been trying to conceive for 22 months. Um, she had a family history of type 2 diabetes. She had tried three IUIs um, before starting acupuncture treatment, and she had gotten pregnant from one IUI but miscarried. And when she came to see me, she was beginning her first IVF cycle. Um, her history was oligomenorrhea. Um, and she also had PCO on ultrasound. And we always um, assume with a PCOS patient that there is some insulin resistance and some inflammation mm -hmm. um, in varying degrees. So she had mild insulin resistance, but moderate inflammation due to her, her job that um, created, created a lot of stress for her. Um, and so she came to see me, um, and we started treatment. And um, at the time, her menses um, was four days. She had two days of heavy bleeding and two days of light, but it was very irregular every 60 days or so. Um, and as we started working together, um, because she was on IVF or she was doing an IVF cycle, um, we didn't do as much herbs, but we did a lot of acupuncture. She came in twice a week um, when she was stimming. And so she got pregnant on her first IVF cycle, um, but miscarried uh, at seven, seven or eight weeks, if I can remember correctly. Um, so after the miscarriage, um, as we all know, there's a lot of grief and um, it's a very stressful time. So she was still coming in once a week to help, you know, clear a lot of the hormones that she had been on, um, clear some of the stress that related to the, um, to the miscarriage. Um, so we, we worked through all of that. Um, and she started her second IVF cycle. And she got pregnant from that one as well and continued to see me through 25 weeks. Um, and then 
after that, she had a healthy baby girl. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So did, did the, the miscarriage, do you think, um, was it indicative of like low progesterone, um, you know, early in that pregnancy or was it hard to tell? Um, well, we didn't ever, I didn't ever see her, her progesterone levels. They never took, um, a lot of times when patients go to a fertility clinic, it's very basic labs. They don't really go into depth, um, uh, which is interesting, but they really don't need to. They just need the basics. And mm-hmm. yeah, obviously they're going to be um, controlling that person's body with their, their medications. So it really doesn't matter. Um, but she had underlying, she had underlying kidney, um, kidney deficiency. So I would assume that her progesterone levels were yeah. low. That is, that is so fascinating. I had no idea. Um, and so I'm going to be soaking my feet, I think, tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, that's, you know what, honestly, that sounds nice anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and, pretty relaxing. Yeah, and um, anything else we could do to boost up our our kidney function, our kidney chi? Um, you can eat a lot of black beans or dark berries, um, things like that, because the color associated with the kidney system is blue or black. Oh, interesting. Well, I love blackberries, so that that sounds like a good prescription for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, tell us more about how um, women can find out more about your work. Um, do you do teleconsults? You know, if somebody just wants, um, you know, some extra support around um, you know, fertility treatment, um, where can they learn more about your work? Um, my website is www.easternbench.com. Um, we have online schedule through Jane app so they can make an appointment if they would like to do um, telehealth consults. I do offer that. Um, and I have a, a PDF on my website for 10 questions to ask your doctor about infertility to, to gain more clarity on, on their situation if they're trying to conceive. So they can go to my website and download that if they would like. Oh, fantastic. So we will post that in the show notes on PCOSDiva.com. Um, so you can uh, see the transcript and, um, you know, get all of those uh, materials, you know, on our, our website. But thank you, Dr. C, for kind of giving us some clarity around how Chinese medicine can help uh, PCOS and our symptoms. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you everyone for listening. I look forward to being with you again very soon. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member 
so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at PCUSDiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health.